Blog Talk Radio. Everybody feeling tonight? Yeah, it's a long night, but we're gonna get through it. And I think yeah, it's a long week. Yeah, yeah. This has been a long week. This we week felt to, like two weeks. We about to, we about to, we about to. Everybody wake up. This is the late night, so you know. Uh, <laughs> let's get it right, you know. Oh, look at that. Uh oh. Oh, had a little too much fun, I guess, huh? <laughs> let's get this party started. It's the low over there making a mess. You about to be cut off at the nine o'clock hour. A little bit of barbecue sauce. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. Well, is it, if everybody's okay, uh, I guess I'll go ahead and kick it off and get this rundown going. We got a lot happening tonight, uh, day after Valentine's Day. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Got a little something, something going. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you, Mr. Lund. Yeah, happy Valentine's know. Day to you. You know, low is short for love, so you know what I mean. Aw, that's so corny, but that's cute. Well, you know, I'm <laughs> how they need it. And happy Valentine's Day to you, Papa Didi. Right, that's right. Appreciate that. All right, well, on tonight's rundown, we've got Trump has declared the border a national emergency. As he's been threatening for weeks, the Supreme Court is going to rule on Trump's administration's effort to add a a question on the 2020 census, and Amazon has officially canceled plans for their New York headquarters. In the hit it and quit it headlines, we got hundreds of companies excused from the steel tariff, and GOP lawmakers remove Colin Kaepernick from Black History Month resolution. Former Fresh Prince star denied copyright on the Carlton dance. We've got today in Black History, what's popping with Papa Didi, and in the weird news, we've got new Tinder-like app helps farmers. Wait a minute, helps farmers match livestock for love. Okay, man who dumped tuna in the woods pleads guilty, and cockroaches named after exes fed to Texas zoo animals. I'm just saying with red wine, black history is American history. Living for the city with Papa Didi. And in the Hollywood wrap-up with Mr. Lowe, we got the masked singer, Mystical. Kenan Thompson, Black Panther, and Jesse Smollett. Cocktail of the week is the Black Martini. And we're going to wrap it up with the Kiss It list and the last word. So, let's see. We're going to get this thing started in just a moment. We're going to take a, let's see, a CC break. 
After this word from our sponsor, we're coming right back with the Hot Topics. It's Friday night, and you're listening to The Pajama Party Show Live. Tune in every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. We push it to the limit every week like only we can. We've got hot topics, hit it and quit it headlines, TV and movie reviews, commentary, and the world's famous Kiss It List. And you don't want to be on the Kiss It List. So visit apajamaparty.com, check out the cocktail of the week, get your glass, and get your laugh on with the Pajama Party crew, doing what we do right here with you. Get up on this and push it. Push it real good. All right, welcome back to the John Party. When you host Papa Didi, I'm here with uh, Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. Mr. Lope. Mr. Lope is here. It is a pleasure to be here for another show of the Pajama Party. For another yeah. episode, one more again. You know, and uh, I'm talking uh, in my uh, love voice tonight. Oh, boy. You know, uh, like I say, Lope is short for love, and I'm just telling you what it was, you know. All right. Well, you can put all that love on hold because I'm Trump right now. Oh, well, yeah. Trump has declared a national emergency about this border, and that just happened today. He's declared a national emergency to unlock billions of dollars in federal funds so he can build that wall on the southern border, bypassing Congress after lawmakers refused to meet his multi-billion dollar request. Uh, He has reiterated his claims of an invasion of drugs and undocumented immigrants at the southern border, but he offered little factual statistical evidence to back up his claim. He just makes up his own stats and keeps talking all this stuff that comes from his administration that says that the border crossings are at record lows and that undocumented immigrants commit crimes at lower rates than native-born Americans and that most drugs coming across the southern border flow through legal ports of entry. Now, those are the true facts. He says everything that's opposite of that. So he announced that this national emergency during this whole rambling thing for about an hour in the Rose Garden today, where he started out bragging about the economy, talking about progress he's made in talks with China, He vented about how the media coverage of his presidency is not good. And then he said his negotiations with North Korea are bearing fruit, and things are going so well with North Korea. I don't know if that's true or not. So Democrats and activist groups are already planning to challenge and sue if necessary. The ACLU has already said they're planning a lawsuit. Uh, about this whole emergency situation because basically he's redirecting money from different defense accounts to pay for the wall. And that money was appropriated for defense-related things, you know, and this is not really in that category. But so anyway, um, he agreed to sign the spending bill from Congress that would keep the government from shutting down 
and they agreed to give him $1.375 billion toward 55 miles of new fencing. But he's going to redirect $6 billion in federal funds, so the total is coming to about $8 billion now uh-huh. for this wall. And, of course, you know his favorite word is tremendous. Everything is tremendous. Huge. No, it's huge. Well, no, you have to check them because I started losing oh, yeah, count of how many yeah, times did he say tremendous. And so huge. he says that uh, there's a tremendous amount of drugs crossing from coming in Unbelievable. over the southern border and that even though the majority of these drugs, which in reality come through ports of entry, he keeps on talking about how they're all coming over yeah. the southern border. Yeah. So then he started talking again about El Paso and how El Paso is safer since that wall has been there uh, back in 2008, even though that is not a justifiable claim, but he keeps on saying it. I guess he thinks if he says it long enough, that'll make it true. So he went on. Oh, and then he started talking about, and I know there's going to be all these legal battles. You know, they're going to say that, um, and this is what he said, Declaring a national emergency would be a lawless act. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's what the other the Democrats said. He started talking about they're going to tell me that I can't do this. They're going to take it into court. They're going to want to sue me, and then it'll go to the ninth court, ninth uh, what's it called, the ninth circuit court, and then it'll end up in the Supreme Court, and then this and that. I mean, he just went through the whole thing. He already has it all supposedly figured out. So what the Democrats are saying is that declaring a national emergency would be a lawless act and a gross abuse of power, and it's a desperate attempt to distract from the fact that Trump broke his core promise to have Mexico pay for the wall. And that's what Chuck Schumer said. You know, he's the uh, minority leader from New York, and as well as uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. They're saying it's just another demonstration of Trump's naked contempt for the rule of the law. This is clearly not an emergency. It's just Trump fear-mongering, and and that doesn't make it right. So what do you think about that? He's declared an emergency now to get his money to build his wall, even though he said Mexico was going to pay for it. Remember that? That's how it started. That's how it started. He said... uh... Mexico was going to pay for it, and that was like a big thing, you know. Uh, I still remember the chance. Uh, he says, uh, we're going to build a wall. And who's going to pay for it? Mexico. Who's going to pay for it? Mexico. I said, who's going to pay for it? Mexico. Now, they're saying, uh, well, you know, uh, some of the people at first tried to argue, well, you know, we know that was just a... Uh, was just a slogan or right. something to say and everything. And, and then they tried to say, well, Mexico wasn't going to literally yeah, write a they check. Were, yeah, okay. But, it's, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then it turned into, okay, now it's on the Americans' uh, pay, uh, tax dollars and everything like that. But mm-hmm. now he wanted to get it from the military, and now he wants to do this emergency. They said, okay, well, if this was such an emergency, when y'all had control of everything, the Republicans, uh, so to speak, the, the seats, the uh, there you go. You know, House the president, the Senate. the Senate, and uh, they said, "Well, was it an emergency two years ago?" When exactly. You, you know, where was all? If this everything about? was on fire, how come now you're just deciding? Okay, now it's really, really for real on yeah, fire. I mean, it, it goes back to where they just saying, you know, 
it's kind of like, you know, uh, it's a brat mentality where it's like, you know, uh, I, I didn't get my way in. Uh, I could have done it when I was in control, but now I'm saying that I need it done. So it's a brat mentality. But now you're saying, oh, let's let's do this here and let's. Uh... And, and here's what gets me. I watched at least the first 15 minutes because that's about all I could stomach of his announcement. But he stood right there and said, I don't have to do this. Now, you just declared an emergency because you're saying we are under an invasion. An invasion. He said there's an invasion of drugs, an invasion of criminals, and an invasion of people, and it is unacceptable. Those were his words. Then he came right back and said, I don't have to do this, but because I couldn't get it done the way I needed to, I'm going to do it faster this way. And, and I'm act, paraphrasing, he, but that's what he said. If, he's acting as if he couldn't get it done because of obstruction on the other side, whereas though... Then well, I mean, he, that's was, basically what it was. Yeah, but they weren't going for it. Yeah, but it, even in the beginning, they had control. It, 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 mm-hmm. Put forth legislation and things of that nature and uh, let it go on the Senate. But there were Republicans that were not even on his same playing field as far as the things that they agreed to. So it wasn't that he didn't have the votes on the other side. He didn't have a complete amount of votes on his side. And, and he's even got some people. Republicans saying, you know, this emergency thing is not. Uh, everybody, everybody said this is not the way to go because it sets a precedent where if you don't get what they were saying, if you don't get what you want, ah, that's an emergency. Yeah. As an emergency, I, I didn't, I didn't get what I needed. This and that, and I'm telling you, this is what I needed. And because I couldn't get what I needed, that I say that I needed. This is an emergency. But that's the whole Even point you know, of Congress being there is to keep a checks and balances in place so that the executive branch of the government, which is where the president sits, can't do this kind of stuff anytime they want to. Well, as Trump says, he could do it all on his own. He said he alone can fix everything. So. Yeah, that's what he did say before. But then he had to realize that okay, there's rules to this business. Huh? Well, he thinks the rules yeah. don't don't pertain to him. Yeah. What you say, Papa? There's do no. the rules pertain to him, or is he just gonna be the he's man that's gonna do all things and he's do his to, own thing? He's never had to abide by any rules, so he feels though like, okay, I'm president, so now I really don't have any rules to abide by at all. <laughs> no, I personally think any other new do president, I think he's saying I'm I'm a white man. And I got a privilege that I can just go ahead and do what I want to do because that's what we've been doing for three, four hundred years. Hmm. And that's what he's using. He's using his white privilege to uh, bogart things like, like he think he can do and like he's going to do. But he's going to realize that after a while that you pissed a bunch of money away in the wrong direction. I just think he's not taking consideration, under consideration his age right now. You know, I mean, the man's in his 70s and all, and... Um, He's got all kind of stuff going on. He's got no cabinet left. Everybody them everybody them booked yeah, away from him. Yeah, yeah. Everybody them they left. Tuck, they they well, need to tell him. He's, like, he's sitting there with about maybe five or six people that's oh, still yeah. trying to show loyalty to him, but everybody else is gone. You know, he's a man without a country. I do believe that hopefully hopefully it don't happen, but if he gets reelected, he's gonna spend the next four years of his presidency cleaning up all the crap he done these first four years because he just took the world. But apart. somebody will. Yeah, well, yeah, somebody will, somebody have to. But I think they they're gonna rig it where he's gonna he's gonna win because they they're gonna rig it. They're gonna rig it. You think they rigged the first election? 
This next election is going to be rigged to the max. Oh, it's going to be crazy. This mm-hmm. next one is going to be... Also, with all the Democrats now not really knowing who's going to be in leadership. Yeah. And then as the leadership no narrows down, yeah, right, as yeah. the leadership narrows down, everybody starts not knowing who's running things. Yeah. And who they trust. And who they and same, back, If yeah. you look at, look like last year with... Um, with Bernie and, and um, yeah. Hillary. Like, a lot of people love Bernie, but the power was behind Hillary. You know, it, it yeah, but then Hillary was, like like Trump said, I do agree with him on that, Hillary was crooked, undercover, doing her thing. You know, had all the things going on with the DNC. All kind of money was being funneled to her, and they weren't being equal, they weren't being equal with, with uh, Bernie with things. She knew all about it, and she just kept her mouth shut. She didn't go out and, and visit rule America like she should have. She hanging around Jay-Z and all these black people with money, thinking that's going to get her in. But nah, you can't got to get in with votes. Can't get in with people's money like, like she thought, you know. And, and the white people out there in the rural areas never saw her. That's why they didn't vote for her ass, because she didn't come out there like Trump did, you know. And, uh, yeah, that's where she messed up. Yeah, she didn't She didn't cater to her own white people. Yeah. And that's where she messed up, because she and typically she hang around. She's always trying to support her. She was living off of the total. Yeah, but she's drinking tea with Oprah, thinking that's going to give her a... And she was also living off the coattail of Obama, thinking that, okay, Obama endorsed me, so anybody that voted for Obama is going to vote for me. Yeah, but that's nothing to vote like that. You know, Obama had that thing. You know, Obama had that thing, you know. But, uh, All right, well, we're going to get back with that. So if you got any questions or calls, give us a call, 914-803-4306. Uh, and press one. And press one, and you'll be put in the queue. Give us your input. Uh, also, uh, since we're on the topic of Trump and everything like that, um, the Supreme Court is actually about to rule on uh, Trump's administra- uh, administration's effort to add the question of citizenship to the 2020 census. You know how they come out with the uh, the census every year and things of that nature. Is it is it every year? Or every I think it's when is the census every, every 10 years. Every 10? Oh, I was going to say every two. Is it yeah, I thought it was like four, yeah. Either okay. way, but the census, it, uh, you, know, it, they, they, you know, that that gives you a a synopsis of everything that's going on as far as, like, citizens. They want to they wanna add the question of citizenship to the 2020 census and, um, it's a very, very controversial plan that's uh, not accepted on every end, and it's, it's going to determine who is and who is not a U.S. citizen, uh, and this is going to be decided by the Supreme Court. The um, justices agreed Friday uh, to kind of squeeze this in, uh, this case in on their uh, April calendar, uh, because the questionnaire is scheduled for printing this summer, and a coalition of state and local governments and immigrant right groups have complained for nearly a year that the Commerce Department is trying to intimidate uh, both undocumented and legal immigrants uh, if their headcount is suppressed, like they feel uh, that they feel that it is. Uh, it can reduce the allocation of federal resources and congressional seats to immigrant communities. And um, uh, long story short, uh, they, they feel as though uh, their votes are starting to be uh, suppressed. And uh, they're getting impressed. they're getting intimidated because they you know once once you start doing all that kind of stuff and everything like that now this this affects more than it affects more than just a, a individual vote now this is affects your representation in the House of Representatives you know uh, and, and things of that nature so one of the federal federal district judges in New York he had struck down a plan last month and ruled that. Uh, the Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross exceeded his authority when he announced the inclusion 
of the citizenship question. The judge, Jess Furman, said that the likely undercount of immigrants, immigrants would mean that California would face uh, impending loss of representation in the House of Representatives in Texas, Arizona, Florida, New York, and Illinois would face a substantial risk of losing a seat. You know, so in addition... That's crazy. He, you know, in addition, he said uh, Illinois, Massachusetts, Maryland, New Jersey, New Mexico... New York, Oregon, Washington, and D.C. would likely be among uh, those losing federal funds. The Justice Department asked the Supreme Court to hear its appeal, sidestepping the federal appeals court because of the tight timetable. Uh, everybody's at, you know, they're trying to squeeze everything in. The New York Attorney General, Letitia James, uh, whose office is leading the opposition to the administration's efforts, had urged that the justices to let the district court ruling stand. The government has not asked about individual citizenship on the census since 1950. So wow. we're talking, uh, he's asking for something that hasn't even been asked about <laughs> for the last 69 years, almost his age, mm-hmm. almost his age. It's never been asked about, so... You know, this is this is quite this is quite a request. I would say, uh, critics of the administration's census effort, including California, the American Civil Liberties Union, and immigrant right groups, said immigrants distrust the census, and illegal immigrants' fear of deportation will cause them to be undercounted. So, it's a big question, and for him to come in and step in and say that basically he wants to change the ruling and and change how it's determined who is and who is not a citizen of the United States is up for grabs right now. And see, what's and, uh, messed up is when they said how it affects the the way that they distribute federal funds mm-hmm. because they count how many people are oh, there. Yeah. And if they say, well, you only have, you know, X number of thousand people in your area, in your district, then that's how much money they allot for social services and things of that nature. Yeah. And if the immigrants feel like, well, I'm scared, you're trying to just find out if I'm a legit citizen or not so you can kick me out, then I don't want to be counted. So now you might get a bunch of people who aren't counted. Now you have less money for what needs to be happening Mm -hmm. in that area or in that state. This is going to be ugly. They need to leave that alone. That's exactly right. And it, it, it all goes back to, you know, when they're talking about, you know, they always talk about the immigrants and everything like that. And uh, they, they only they only mention the uh, the brown the brown and the black people. There's, there's, never, there's never any rulings or anything like that about how many how many white people are coming into to the United States as immigrants. So they, don't, they, don't, they don't care about that. It's only about, yeah, they don't care about the Asians or the whites, but... When it comes to Spanish or uh, Haitian or anybody that's of brown or black descent or, uh, you know, black people and all that, they, they, they don't want it, you know. And they're ready they, to put up their dukes and You know, fight. yeah, they're they trying to, you know, they, the way they do it, they're trying to suppress their votes. They're trying to, you know, it's a bunch of kind of things. That's they're trying to just suppress and, the people. And this is just another thing, and, you know, and you can tell that, I mean, I don't know how else you can, you can even spend that because, I mean, in 69 years, nobody's even tried to test this ruling of how they count the census, but now they try to kind of suppress that vote to where as though 
They might even I think lose, they're right. They might even lose trust them. That's why some people don't get involved in the census. Because yeah. they're like, if you know where I am and who I am and mm-hmm. what I am, now you're going to be trying to do something else to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm going to just yeah. stay under the radar. It starts, it starts with location. Mm-hmm. I don't with location. Them. Once they locate you, they can... They can <laughs> They can Sounds replace. like some foul stuff. Once they locate you, they can replace you. Okay, now. <laughs> Put them on the kiss it list. All right, we're going to keep it moving. What else is happening, Papa Didi? Oh, I got here to Amazon. Officially canceled their plans to come to New York. And um, it looks like the, uh, the regular legislation is pretty pissed off for that. But the the inner inner uh, politicians are saying the fact that they didn't want to put the money out to the tax breaks and all this joint but the city but the governor and the mayor is not going along with that. They said in the long run we would win because of the jobs and all that there and um you, know, you gotta understand the people when they come to New York, when you decide to put a big business in New York like that, people are pretty reluctant from the beginning, you know, like Circuit City years ago, electronic store. They had stores all over the world except New York. You know, because they didn't trust the whole. You know, it's, a, it's a big city; it moves real fast, and you gotta have you, you really gotta have heart to, to to make a move in New York, because it's uh, it's on fire. You know, you can make you can make a fortune, but the risk behind it is, is really heavy. You know, all the stuff that goes on in New York. You know, New York is like. Shh. Yeah. Anyway, um, Amazon abruptly dropped their plans Thursday for big new headquarters in New York. That would have brought 25,000 new jobs to the area, reversing the uh, course after politicians and activists objected to a nearly $3 billion in tax breaks promised to them. Mm. All right. The move was a serious blow to Governor Cuomo and Mayor de Blasio, uh, who were the governor and the, and the uh, mayor of New York, who had lobbied extensively to land that project. All right. And they're, um, they're pissed off because their fellow New York politicians were behind their back, really, and different activists. And, you know, it's almost like people not wanting stuff in their own backyard. You know, as an example, I was in Walmart the other morning, and this older older black gentleman, he claimed he was 91 years old. Maybe he was bullshitting, I don't know. Anyway, he said he was 90 years old, and he, he was walking through Walmart with amazement, talking about the prices and everything. He lived in some rural area in Maryland. Was this his first time in a Walmart? I, I, it sounded like it was, you know. And he... um. <laughs> He was looking at the price. Well, my, wow, in my area, I'm paying. I said, "What area you live in?" He named some suburban town in Maryland somewhere. I don't know. Maybe he just took a ride. He took a ride to Landover Hills, I guess, one day, just getting out of the fucking house or something one, one Saturday morning. And he said, "Oh, I can't believe prices are a dollar, two dollars cheaper for." Him. Well, they don't. They don't. Then he said, "Well, they don't." He he'd say he lived in a gated community somewhere in. In Maryland, he said, "Well, they don't want that in, in my neighborhood. They they lobbied to keep Walmart out of my area, and and, and you know he said this shit to Papa Didi. So you know, consequently, I hit him over the head with a fucking hammer, you know. <laughs> and um, so he, we we got into he ended up walking away from me, you know, because I just beat him down, wrapped a potato sack around his ass, and sent him on his way, you know, because he was just talking all this stuff. But whoa, they don't want. I kept saying they. I said, "You're black. What do you mean they?" Who's the they? You keep saying they don't want it and you're in agreement with it. 
but you you gonna come in Walmart and brag about the cheaper prices. But as long as it's not in your neighborhood, you can come and take a shit somewhere in somebody's backyard, wipe your ass, throw the toilet paper on their fucking payment, and then take your ass back to your neighborhood. And this was this your is gated what community. Your gated community. And like I said, this was an elder black man, and he was walking around Walmart with amazement. You know, like, I can't believe the price is two, three hours cheaper than woo. Yeah. It was scary, but like yeah. I said, and I said all that to say that uh, the same with this particular situation here with Amazon. Amazon's only coming to New York just to, you know, just to developify it, to give jobs and get, make it lucrative. Everything at the while is going to balance out. You know, everything, you know, you put enough Noxema on your face, you're going to clear it up, you know. Everything looks raggedy from the beginning, but uh once you once you put it in perspective and let it be what it is and let people start to granulate themselves to it, it'll be in perspective. When people, you know, like I said with the Walmart situation, when people want to oust up, nah, we don't want this here. Well, what? But then what do you want? And who the hell said you was in charge? Just because you're some kind of advocacy that somebody's using your pockets to talk a certain way, you're not even accounting for all the other people that may have an interest in it or who it's going to take advantage of. But then they think too. That like 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 you said, Mr. Lowe, they know that the Spanish people will be the dominant force, the dominant employers to do it. But if you don't get off your ass and go apply for a job, then who else is gonna get the job? You can't lay around thinking that, oh, they ain't hiring. They ain't hiring because you you a day late and a dollar short, you know, pursuing something. Anything you don't pursue or pay attention to in your life, whether it be your bills or anything else, you get behind on your shit, you're gonna be left out. You're gonna be Evicted, you're gonna be uh whatever goes along That's with not whatever not whatever goes along with not taking care of your business. I mean, because nowadays you can call creditors and come up with all kind of excuses and alibis and almost extend anything. Mm-hmm. If you got the right reason or right alibi, you can call uh, my bell, electric, gas, anybody. As long as you got a straight face with a serious excuse, it could be a bold ass lie. But as long as you take the attempt to wake your ass up, scratch your ass, sit on the side of the bed, pick up your phone, and make a good alibi to extend your stuff. But no, if you sit back and say, oh, I ain't going to pay that. Oh, I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let that go. Then all of a sudden, one morning, your fucking lights go out. So what are you sitting there in the dark knowing that you should have paid the joint back in November? They gave you a break. Now it's January 3rd, and they cut your lights out. Last time you paid the bill was November 15th. So what the hell do you think going to happen three months later? And you ain't calling nobody, trying to make no kind of arrangements or anything. No, but what gets so, me is when people start saying, "Yes, yeah, see, it's racial, it's racial. Well, like, no, it's not racial. It's if you thing. don't pay your crap, they will cut that mess off. That's not racial, that's financial. It's yeah, not racial. But that, like I said, this is all within this particular story we're talking about on how how people don't want to. And as you can see, when it comes to the city, how the, the smaller constituents can go over the governor and the mayor. The mayor and the governor wanted this in New York, but all the different people, like I said, little suburban towns that don't want Walmart, or they don't want what's other story they didn't want in the area. Any any store that would generate that would generate people a McDonald's. Yeah, oh, we don't want McDonald's. Oh, we don't want that Burger King. Well, they here. don't want a BJ's. Or yeah, Costco they don't. Want, yeah, and exactly. But but in the morning they sneak out and go Same buy that stuff. Like I said, yeah, they go oh. take a crap on someone else's lawn. They go in your neighborhood, and they think it's going to bring crime. And one thing I don't like is when people come to a neighborhood and think the neighborhood belongs to them. That is the biggest piece of bullshit I've ever seen in my life. And people do it all the time. Oh, this is our neighborhood. Stay out of our neighborhood. All you own that neighborhood is that for that 
that payment to that damn house and the square footage that you have in that particular dwelling. You don't own the street. You don't own the light poles. You don't own a damn thing. But everybody wants to. But then you have they they try to do it too in conjunction with their neighbors. They want to get four or five arrogant ass neighbors and all get together with a big stick like they run the whole block. Neighborhood watch. And yeah, uh, like you know Trayvon Martin and all that jazz yeah. stuff happened with him based on neighborhood watch. These, these, Somebody's these, walking around watching a fucking apartment complex. Are you guys, kidding they, me? They, they, you they're know self made cops. Yeah, well, with, with no training. And we see the end result. They, result. They, they, they did their 10 plus shots this morning. But you know what, too? The sad part about it with Trayvon Martin's situation is that if they would have took the time to search that man's car after that situation, they would have been shocked what they found in Zimmerman's car. But he had 32 days to clean up his shit, uh, to get drugs out of his system, to clean up his car. That boy could have roaches in his ashtray. He could have booze in his car. He could have anything. Because, you know, people, most people like him, especially some... Yeah fat piece of shit like he was that really didn't constitute nothing. And it's been proven over the years since that event that the man is unstable. Yeah. He has pulled guns on people. He got in fights with people. He just well, did it one thing that's, after that's another. Just, you know, and then, and I mean, when, is it been, when has it ever been cool to, to, to when you can see on, uh, you can hear on the actual uh, what's it, uh, not the walkie-talkie. On the recording, yeah. On the actual yeah. recording when you hear a uh, police officer, an actual yeah. police officer, tell you, Say it, stand leave it down, alone. yeah, leave him alone, and we yeah. on the way or whatever. He got it. Be. Walk and, away, and and he continues to pursue. Mm-hmm. Who are you now? Yeah. Huh? Paul Blart. Well, Paul Blart. Then then the then, mall then, cop. Then mall cop has has is on duty, and he's not just not on duty as a comedy show. This guy's on duty. And he actually kills a person. Yeah, he ended up in a big tragedy, and, and that's the you sad know, part about that, the whole that's situation. That's the craziest part. But I just big wanted tragedy. to say about the Amazon thing, part of the concern people had is that Amazon does not pay any taxes. They're making billions and billions of dollars, but they're not paying taxes. And the reason is because they have worked out all these deals with whoever, when they go to a certain place to set up. They work out all these deals and, and arrangements and stuff to get all this benefit, all this quid pro quo stuff, yeah. so that when it all washes out, they ain't getting taxed. They're not paying any taxes. And that's why Trump was all on, on Bezos, the owner, pay, talking all that smack no, about a, you don't yeah. pay any taxes. Trump don't pay any either. Yeah, but that's a, that, that so was So I'm like, you thing. don't need to even talk. About who's that not was an ego thing between two. And when you say Trump and Bezos, that's an ego thing between two. But I'm just saying you know? that was part of what people were saying is that even though they're going to bring ta- uh, jobs and yeah. people are going to, you know, make money and all of that, they're saying, but still, they're not paying any taxes. So where is that money going? It ain't going anywhere because it's not being collected. Like the whole hoax when he's talking about, uh, you know, all these illegal immigrants, this and that, illegal immigrants. But then they just they just came out and basically exposed them that you you've been for the last couple of years since you started you've been hiring immigrants to to, exactly. to, to, to do your hotels and everything like that. But then when somebody tries to fit them for that, they say, well, you know, I I don't have all the specifics. I'm not a uh, you know. Yeah, I'm not involved in yeah, hiring. I'm not involved. I don't really about no, that. I'm more about the uh, the actual administration. I'm not. I can talk about the administration, but I, I can't talk about his personal business and. And it's like, you know, like, you, you, you got a bunch of immigrants. You've been hiring illegal work for, for years. You've well, been doing it. You've been doing it. It's not just that. Look, 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 at, look at Trump's life, period. You know, look, look at his, his current wife. Do you exactly. think? Do you think, do you think that life ends with his wife? 
all his behind wives except well, well, let me, one. Let me, let me make my point. Let me make my point. Okay. Behind his wife, there are brothers, sisters, cousins, nieces, nephews. If she's foreign as hell, what the hell do you think they are? They're even foreigner. Right. Okay, and they're That's making right. moves. She loves her family, her beloved family, so she's doing everything she can to sneak them in the back door. Yeah. Nobody's thinking about how Trump himself has been married to foreigners. I mean, you know, he's he's yeah, he's, except he's for typical. Marla Maples, all his wives were foreign. Exactly. So therefore, immigrants. Exactly, and then these people, and they're not he the only people. They're all connected to their mothers, fathers, right. sisters, brothers, you, you and cousins. Think it's just, and you think it's just them? It's it, not it, a them at all. It's not just them. Like, you know, okay, yeah, I got deep. the wife, and then that's all you care about. There's, no, the no. wife got it. Yeah, y'all are right. You're right about it. Family. Family. Exactly. Uncle, Everybody, nephew. and they're all trying to get to they're the big, trying to, get trying to get that milk and honey. And um, so it, it's a deep situation. I mean, all this is going to, and this too will come to pass, you know. As it always does. It comes to pass, and everything is going to come full circle. And the whole situation with this here that we look back on Trump, thank goodness you have a limit of eight years as a president. So he can do all the crap he wants to do. I think this is the last level of strong arrogance. The good thing about life is that with years come age, and with age comes, uh, you know, not not, not with his ass. No, not with him. him, With age will come the fact that he'll come to the realization that my ass is old. You've been jockeying all your life. You've been pushing up on women. You've been dick-slinging for how many years? You done made a bunch of children. You done got all this. You got baby mama drama. You got all kind of shit going on. You knew playing it off like you're some professional man. If he was a black man with a situation uh, he got with three baby mamas and uh, four children out of five women and all the rest of this stuff. So it's just white to white privilege. It's all it's about. He can say he and do what he wants to do. with a porn star while his, while his exactly. wife was well, pregnant you know, with his child. Exactly. Yeah, well, like I said, all this Imagine goes if by. Obama did, that would have been... that. That they would they would impeach him. They would have charged him and they run him out of stones at the White House glass and put him under the dirt. Well, we doing the same thing to Trump because we talking about it. Ain't like we ain't saying shit about. Well, it. the we thing is, we don't have the power. To, we don't have the power well, to change. We, we ain't got to do nothing. He's gonna take care of himself. Look at him. He's old, fat, stupid. He got all kind of nine different <laughs> hairstyles in his hair. I mean, give me a break. You know how how long is this man really gonna reign supreme? You know what I mean? After a while, your age and your life and your body, Father Time will take over your ass. I don't give a fuck how strong. Every time. How powerful you think you are? Father, Father Time is undefeated when it comes to taking motherfuckers down. It's just that simple. Okay. Anyway, right. let's move well, on. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we're coming right back with the Hit It and Quit It headlines on the Pajama Party Show. Don't you dare move. Coming right back. Bonsoir, bonsoir. This is red wine, or as they say in Paris, je suis ben rouge. Join me every Friday right here on a Pajama Party where I'll get on my rant, sit on my little bar stool, and give you my opinion on whatever has been bugging me or whatever's on my mind this week. You don't want to miss it. I know I won't. So be here with me every Friday, Red Wine, on the Pajama Party Show. Visit us on www.apajamaparty.com and check us out. We'll see you there. All right, welcome, back. welcome back to Pajama Party. I'm one of your host, Papa Didi. I'm here with the Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. And sitting in for kettle tonight, we have Mr. Lowe. I am coming to you live. Ain't no surprise. I hope you didn't open up your eyes. Ow! All right, it's time for the hit it and quit it headlines. All right, y'all know the drill. We're going to hit them, and we're going to quit them. All right, I'm going to talk about the steel tariff real quick. I'm going to hit it and quit it. Hundreds of companies have been excused from the steel tariff. Now, remember when Trump put that tariff on the steel companies, right, called itself trying to balance out stuff. 
apparently people have been getting waivers to avoid it so they can still do their thing. And nobody's been talking about it. So I just want to make sure folks know that that's what's been going on right under our noses. Uh, Companies have been getting permission to import millions of tons of steel made in China, Japan, and other countries without paying the hefty tariff that Trump put in place. (laughs) Check that out. All these waivers have been, um, uh, you know, trying to avoid the, uh, the tariff that he put in place because he put something like a 25% tariff or something in place, and folks were saying, we can't function, we can't do business, we can't make money, we're going to shut down, folks are going to lose their jobs. So then they started saying, look, they listed all that stuff and said, you got to do something. So then Commerce Department started giving them waivers saying, all right, I'll tell you what, we'll give you a waiver. And then here comes another company and says the same story, And then they said, well, we'll give you a waiver. And this has been going on and on. So what was the point of the whole stupid steel tariff if you're going to just turn around and give folk waivers when they come back with a a sob story saying we can't function with these waivers? He's not removing it officially, but they're just giving folk waivers for the whole thing. So I just thought that was, like, really asinine, you know, (laughs) That's like parents that tell your kids, you do it again, I'm going to spank you, and then you don't do it. You're just playing yourself. So that's all I got on that. I just wanted folks to know that all that mess about that tariff on steel, don't believe the hype. It's a fake, fake, fake. That's all I got. I'm going to dig this here. You got the GOP lawmakers removed Colin Kaepernick's name from the Black History Month resolution. Now, this is in Wisconsin, okay? White-ass Wisconsin, rural America. An all-white GOP assembly members on uh, Tuesday removed former NFL uh, quarterback Colin Kaepernick's name from resolution honoring African Americans during Black History Month. Okay? The state assembly passed a resolution without uh, Kaepernick for what they called obvious reasons. Said Assembly Majority it's Leader. Obvious. His name is uh, Jim Jim Spiegel. Jim Crow. Okay. Um, black legislators uh, created the list, which contained about two dozen people, and had informed before and and had included included the uh, former football player who launched who who uh, after 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 he was put on put on the uh, list of uh, great uh, blacks in Wisconsin from Wisconsin originally. When he started taking a knee, the uh, all-white GOP assembly took exception to that, and just recently it took his name off the uh, list of uh, great blacks uh, from Wisconsin. Wow. Um, so, you know, just another uh, this representative in there, the one Democrat in in the uh, for the state of Milwaukee, uh, the congressman, uh, his name is uh, David Crawley. He authorized the resolution from the beginning. He slammed the strong-arm tactic of the mostly white or all-white Congress in that area, and he called it a textbook example of white privilege from the Milwaukee Milwaukee, uh, judicial area there. So Kaepernick was born in Wisconsin, and he began uh, kneeling for the NFL games uh, starting in 2016, and they claimed that they uh, took his name off the list because he's un-American. Really? And, Un-American? Uh, yeah, I tell you. Who did this? The Wisconsin who? Because I'm putting the, you on the The Wisconsin um, uh, GOP assembly. Okay, got it. Congress people and all that jazz up there. Not well, The state congress. 
Okay. State legislators, more or less. Anyway, do what they want to do. <laughs> this fat bastard ain't never threw a football in his life, so he got to <laughs> talk about what's happening. I got another. I'm I just got, saying, you know. I got another hit. I got another hit and quit it, and I'm going to hit it and quit it. I won't take too much of your time, but I need to put this on your mind. Uh, we we this is uh one of the through the through the younger days, whether young and old. We've had somebody that's been a somewhat of a a small legend, you know, as far as uh I can't put him as legend status and everything like that, but at least you guys know who he is. Uh if you don't know the name Alfonso Rivero or Alfonso Rivero, uh you will know after I uh lay lay this out for you. You know, uh it all starts with uh you, you, you remember how it all started, Ali says, uh it once was a story all about how my life got twisted upside down. I like to take a minute while you sit right there and tell you how I came became the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And okay, now of course this wasn't Will Smith. But what about the sidekick? Mr. Carlton. Yes. Carlton, Carlton, Carlton. Somebody better talk to him because I'm letting you know right now. Uh, uh him him denying Oh, I mean, him him was getting denied what he wants and his proper due for what he did and what he brought to the game is unacceptable. It's unbelievable. And I can't believe that they that they, that they denied him his rights. And I say all that to say this. You know how he used to kick up his heels. You know the Carlton dance. Everybody knows the the the, the, the hip the hip gyration with the snap swinging. And the and the arms going left to right, snapping the arms with the 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 the, the geeky perky smile and everything like that while he was doing it, and uh, at the end of the day, that was his dance. We called that the Carlton dance. Anybody that knows it called it the Carlton dance. You didn't call it the the swing the left to right. You didn't call it the hip the left to right with a snap. You call it. The Carlton, the Carlton dance. dance, that's right. You know, and, and basically um, the U.S. Copyright Office, they will not allow him to copyright his famous Carlton dance. He created that dance back in the early 1990s when he was playing Will Smith's cousin, uh, Carlton, in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And in December, the actor sued certain video gaming companies uh, like Epic Games, the creator of Fortnite, mm-hmm. and Take-Two Interactive, uh, which owns NBA 2K, the series. Uh, for including, they included that dance on their game without his permission. He felt disrespected. Mm. Disrespected. Disrespected. He felt disrespected. And um, to boot his case, to boot his case, he sought to copyright the Carlton dance, but the application, it was denied. The copyright, the U.S. Copyright Office says that, you know, according to the Hollywood Reporter, it was rejected. Uh, they say the choreography, the choreo- uh the chore- a graphic work was just a simple dance routine, and really? there was supervisory registration specialists involved, and different offices. I mean, all these little big words and things. Get out of here! So he's in the midst of trying to get his thing. He's trying. He's in the midst of trying to get his dance because that was his dance. They're trying to downplay it and say, "Oh, it was just maybe just a simple choreography, and it was, you know." Well, whatever they want to say. It doesn't even matter. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, his lawyers and all that are fighting for him and everything like that. And 
they're trying to use it like, oh, maybe it, that that's just the same thing as like a word or a phrase that's used uh, all the time. And it, you know, it, it's just a bunch of different excuses. Like, you know how they do. Uh, so, lawyers like to, you know, they like to, they like to, you know, uh, put a little sauce on it and, and everything like that. But at the end of the day, that was his dance. He wants his... He wants to be respected for his dance. That dance made him famous in his own and right. He needs to get paid for it. He, he needs to get paid it. for it, especially if That's you're using that property. dance. Especially if you're using that dance for your own benefit personally. Yeah, because that game somebody, Fortnite, they got a bunch of people uh, dancers in there. Right. I had I had I was playing 2K uh, a couple years back, and I uh, there was a, there was a part where I used his dance on my guy. You know because. That was one of the things when he when he scored a certain amount of points, or when I was on the on, on the street with him and everything like that, on and everything like that. He can do that dance, and he didn't get paid for it. We knew that as the culture dance, but they didn't call it that. They called it something else. Yeah, but you answered your own question, really. Why he got denied? You know, if Fortnite, with all the money they got and all the prestige they got, and all the people that's making money off that stuff undercover. They know that if they legalize or give him the rights to have ownership of that oh, particular thing, they got it's, it's going to go back. But oh. it's not even a pay thing. The the the, the rug of all the, the stuff he's going to do would just be raveled, raveled, unraveled, and unraveled to the max. And they know this going forward. So, But that was his intellectual that was his, that was his name. Of course, but, That's the, not the, right. but the power of internal bullshit is deeper than, you know, wholesome, you know, regular stuff, man. Wow. You got to understand. They they know that, like you said, with Fortnite and all kind of game shows mm. out there that been kicking money out oh, yeah. to them to get copyright. They, they need, they got, they want copyrights on stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I bet you Fortnite got a bunch of copyrights approved. So now, therefore, they, the copyright people feel like, well, damn, if we let him in now, man, that's going to mess up all the, the privileges we get from these other people. I mean, you, you got to think about the people that's getting the, the uh, what do you call that? The different um, what, the, the back doors, residuals, and all the vid- that. The residuals yeah, and they, of everything going and on. Their, their argument is more so like they they say what well, the copyright office says that basically they always taking the position that words or phrases are not copyrightable. You know, and they're trying to say that, and That's this is exactly, true. and they're saying this is exactly like a word or a phrase in a dance. That's so they're true. trying to use the dance That's as like true. a word or a phrase because he did it. They were saying he was using it like a word or a phrase, like you know, and you know, yeah. That's it's not just, true yeah. because because yeah, I don't buy it. Pat Raleigh owns the rights to the term three P, meaning you win a championship three times in a row. Three P. If you look under copyright, who owns that? He has a copyright on that. Oh, three P. Pat Raleigh owns the term three P. Wow. Cause see, I was just saying to somebody this week or last week that Cardi B should get a copyright on her phrase of how she says okay. I don't want to disrespect her by trying to imitate it, so mm-hmm. I won't. But the way she does that rolling of the tongue with that okay thing, yeah, I say she should copyright that because people are going to start using it, mm-hmm. and that was her creation. That was thing. And she should get paid every time somebody tries to mock or imitate well, that's that. That's why today in the days where I recommend to everybody out there, if you have any kind of talent, okay, don't use your talent that you're getting paid for it in most cases. You can do it for your friends and family. But once you take your talent outside the door, if you're a singer or a dancer or whatever the case may be, always get paid when you go to do this particular talent that your friends and family and everybody yourself deem 
deemed rewardable mm-hmm. in some respect. Don't just keep doing stuff for the yeah, hell of it. Yeah. Don't and, and families, yeah, if you got if you got a child out there that has a talent with all the the cameras and all the, the phones and all things in the world, stop telling your child to get up there at every damn benefit and get on stage and, and dance. Here, look, 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 look at my little Kevin. Go on stage, Kevin. Show him how you do the spin. Stop doing that shit, okay? Because your little son, Kevin, got a, 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 a talent that's marketable. And stop selling this shit for free to everybody. Every little different occasion, you want him to go up there and do his little spin and turn. Keep it to yourself, you know? Get, a, get an agent and get things together. If he's that good... Sell that product and only do it when you get paid. Stop saying, oh, yeah, why? Because people are looking at it. They're recording it. They're going home and trying it. They sell. In this day and time, everybody you know, got to sell it. They spin it. Everybody looking for a hustle. Everybody looking for a hustle today. Yeah. So today, got everybody talent, got cell phones. And yeah. They're recording it. They put it up on social media. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, somebody else is yeah. Yeah. whatever your son or daughter did. You know, and then you, you look, you're looking back. You're looking back with, 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 you know. With not with nothing to show for it because you the thing is you didn't create you didn't you didn't create the beast and you don't get you don't you don't get any. any and when you perform, in most cases, whether you're a singer, a dancer, a comedian, when you get done performing somewhere at a at a ballroom, a casino, you know, get in your car and leave. Yeah. Don't don't socialize a lot with the audience and act like you 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 so friendly with the audience and all that shit because you never know who in that audience is is, is playing your ass or, or tagging your ass. Yeah. You know, the world is crazy, man. You almost got to hit it and quit it like we're talking about now. Yeah. Get right. your ass in there. And that's why I was so surprised with, I was so surprised with Carl. I said, like, you know, it's one thing if it was like a hidden talent or something like that. Carlton, he, that, that was his He'd been brand. doing it for a while, but he does it, like yeah, you said, he, he does it too much. Yeah. But now, that was anytime you go to do it, brother, the fact that they're not copywriting you, don't, don't go to any of these programs and do it unless. You know, if Jimmy Fallon wants you to do it while you a guest on this show, then charge his ass another forty thousand dollars. Yeah, I can't do less forty thousand. Yeah. Cause he did or, it or on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they, they did just it. wanted him to do it. Right, and, and, they're, and it's a national it. audience. And, that, now, and yeah. they pay it, and they pay yeah. him for it. You know, ABC should have paid. Then, then it comes. Then it comes uh, from. Uh, then it goes to you, you, you're exploiting them now at this point. Right, and now you got people that copyrighting. You know. That's you know so. Because well, nobody's copy. Then nobody really copyright copyrighted the thing, but. They won't allow him to copyright his own dance. Yeah, but it's cool though, cause yeah. he won Dance with the Stars, right? Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, he won, so oh, fuck him. Man. He's cool. <laughs> All fuck. right, well let's do our Black History Minute, cause this is Black History Month. We only get 28 days, so we got a couple of little Black History facts we want to share with you. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll do mine. All right, go for it. What you got? Nathaniel Adams Cole, known professor as Nat King Cole. He was an American jazz pianist and vocalist. Uh, he recorded over uh, 100 songs and uh, became hips, be, became one of the top uh, pop chart uh, getters. His uh, trio, his his trio was a model of a small jazz ensemble that followed. Uh, Cole also acted in films and was a, a, a television star. He also performed on Broadway. He was the first African-American man to host an American TV series, which eventually got canceled because of no white advertisement, so he had to close up his show. Uh, on, Imagine that. Yeah, well, we've been getting fucked for years. On uh, January twenty, on January 25th, Cole's uh, entire left lung was surgically removed, uh, although uh, Cole's illness and his publicist promoted the idea that he would soon be well and be back to work in spite of the 
probably acknowledges and, and, and people you know, pulling for him. He never came back into the game, such as uh, Luther Vandross. He thought he was going to make a return, but uh, as faith had it, he didn't return. Uh, Billboard magazine's reporting that King Cole was a successfully come through a uh, serious operation at the time also. So everybody was pulling for him to come back through from his uh, medical situation. Yeah. But... Uh, the future looks bright for him, as they were saying, but it never happened. But on Valentine's Day, Cole and his wife briefly left St. John's to drive um, by the sea, and he died at the hospital early in the morning on uh, February 15th, which is uh, which was today, at the age of 45. He's 45 years old, died of lung cancer. Mm. Wow. He moved his entire that lung. That was King Cole. Anyway. All right. I got one on uh, Robert Morris. Today, uh, February 15, Robert Morris became one of the first black lawyers in the United States after being admitted to the Massachusetts Bar in 1847. Morris was born in Salem, Massachusetts on June 8, 1823. At an early age, Morris had some formal education at Master Dodge's school in, in Salem, Massachusetts. With the agreement of his family, he became a student of Ellis Gray Loring, a well-known abolitionist and lawyer. Shortly after starting his practice in Boston, Morris became the first black lawyer to file a lawsuit on behalf of a client in the history of the United States of America. And that's Robert Morris. Mm. Check him out. Well, uh, I, got, I got something uh, just for a little bit of black history and everything like that. Um, in 1804, that's uh, just a couple of years ago. <laughs> just a couple. You know, 1804, the New Jersey legislator approved a law calling for gradual emancipation of African Americans. In doing so, uh, New Jersey became the last northern state to actually outlaw slavery. Wow. Uh, it was not until April 18, 1846, that the state legislator passed what they called an act to abolish slavery, declaring that that slavery in this state be and is hereby abolished, and every person who is now holding this slavery by the laws thereof is made free, subject, however, to the restrictions herein after mentioned and imposed. Uh, this act, like the gradual abolish, uh, uh, abolition act of 1804, did not actually emancipate enslaved people in the state. It uh, instead turned the remaining enslaved peoples into what they called uh, apprentices for life. Uh, thus, New Jersey re- retained slaveholding without technically remaining a slave state. Uh, but at the outbreak of the Civil War, New Jersey slaveholders owned about, well, not about, they owned 18 apprentices for life, or pretty much what you consider, they, they were slaves. Yeah, that's another phrase. Yeah, it is another, it's a classic, classy way of saying uh, they owed 18 apprentices of life. They owed 18 slaves. Uh, a Princeton professor, Albert B. Dye, owned a slave as late all the way up to 1840, which was one of the last men in the state to do so. And because of these limitations on emancipation, it was not until the passage of the 13th, 13th Amendment in 1865, uh, which New Jersey reluctantly ratified in January of 1866, that the remaining 16 slaves in the state were forever free. So, uh, you know, slavery was slavery was a, was a hell of a thing, man. Uh, yeah. 
That's rough. You know, definitely do your research. New Jersey on that. was hanging on to the bitter. They, they was yeah, they they was hanging on to the into the road snap. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, it, it's it's crazy. All right. Well, we got um this one piece from Smokey Robinson. If you haven't heard it, this is uh Smokey Robinson's piece on Black in America. Check this out. Doug Poetry, please give it up for Smokey Robinson. I love being black. I love being called black. I love being an American. I love being a black American. But as a black man in this country, I think it's a shame that every few years we get a change of name. Since those first ships arrived here from Africa that came across the sea, there were already black men in this country who were free. And as for those who came over on those terrible boats, they were called nigger and slave and told what to do and how to behave. And then Master started tripping, doing his midnight tipping, down to the slave shacks where he forced he and great-great-grandma to be together. And if great-great-grandpa protested, he got tired and feathered. And at the same time, the black men in the country who were free were mating with the tribes like the Apache and the Cherokee. And as a result of all that, we're a parade of every shade. And in this late day and age, you can be sure there ain't too many of us in this country whose bloodline is pure. But according to a geological geographical genealogy study published in Time magazine, the black African people were the first on the scene. So for what it's worth, the black African people were the first on earth, and through migration, our characteristics started to change and rearrange to adapt to whatever climate we migrated to. And that's how I became me, and you became you. So if we're going to go back, let's go all the way back. And if Adam was black and Eve was black, then that kind of makes it a natural fact that everybody in America is an African-American. Everybody in Europe is an African-European. Everybody in the Orient is an African-Asian, and so on and so on. That is, if the origin of man is what we're going to go on. And if one drop of black blood makes you black like they say, then everybody's black anyway. So quit trying to change my identity. I'm already who I was meant to be. I'm a black American born and raised. And Brother James Brown wrote a wonderful phrase. Say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Because I'm proud to be black. And I ain't never lived in Africa. And because my great-great-granddaddy on my daddy's side did, don't mean I want to go back. (laughs) Now, I have nothing against Africa. It's where some of the most beautiful places and people in the world are found. But I've been blessed to go a lot of places in this world. And if you ask me where I choose to live, I pick America, hands down. Now, by and by, we were called Negroes. And after a while, that name was banished. Anyway, Negro is just how you say black in Spanish. (laughs) Then we were called colored. But shit, everybody's one color or another, and I think it's a shame that we hold that against each other. And it seems like we reverted back to a time when being called black was an insult, even if it was another black man who said that a fight would result, because we've been so brainwashed that black was wrong to leaving the yellow niggas and the black niggas couldn't get along. (laughs) But then came the 1960s when we struggled and died to be called equal in black and we walked with pride with our heads held high and our shoulders pushed back and black was beautiful. But I guess that wasn't good enough because now here they come with some other stuff. Who comes up with this shit anyway? Was it one or a group of niggas just sitting around one day? Feeling a little insecure again about being called black and decided that African-American sounded a little more exotic. 
Well, I think he was being a little more neurotic. It's that same mentality that got Amos and Andy put off the air because they were embarrassed about the way the characters spoke. And as a result of that action, a lot of wonderful black actors ended up broke. When we were just laughing and having fun about ourselves. So I say, fuck you if you can't take a joke. You didn't see the Beverly Hillbillies being protested by white folks. And if you think, of course you think, that being called African American sets all black people's minds at ease, since we affectionately call each other nigger, I affectionately say to you, nigger please. I didn't get a chance to vote on who I'd like to be. Who gave you the right to make that decision for me? I ain't under your rule or in your dominion, and I'm entitled to my own opinion. Now, there are some African Americans here, but they recently moved here from places like Kenya, Ethiopia, Zambia, Zimbabwe, and Zaire. But not a brother whose family's lived in this country for generations, occupying space in all the locations, New York, Miami, L.A., Detroit, Chicago, even if he's wearing a dashiki and sporting an afro. And if you go to Africa in search of your race, you'll find out quick, you're not an African-American. You're just a black American in Africa taking up space. <laughs> Why you keep trying to attach yourself to a continent where even if you got the chance to go and you went, most people there wouldn't even claim you as one of them, as a purebred daughter or son of them. Your heritage is right here now, no matter what you call yourself or what you say. And a lot of people died to make it that way. And if you think America's the leader on inequality and suffering and grieving, how come there's so many people coming and so few leaving? Rather than all this fine thought with America shit you're promoting, if you want to change something, use your privilege. Get to the polls. Come and support me. God knows we've earned the right to be called American Americans and be free at last. And rather than you moving forward with progress, you're dwelling in the past. we struggled too long. We've come too far. And to the folks that know who we were, let's be proud of who we are. We're the only people whose name is always a trend. When is this shit going to end? Look at all the different colors of our skin. Black is not our color. It's our core. It's what we've been living and fighting and dying for. Yeah. But if you choose to be called African-American and that's your preference, then I give you that reference. But I know on this issue I don't stand alone on my own. And if I do, then let me be me. And I'd appreciate it if when you see me, you say, there goes a man who says it loud. I'm black. I'm black. I'm a black American and I'm proud because I love being an American. And I love being black. I love being called black. Yeah, I said it. And I don't take it back. All right, that was Smokey Robinson saying what he had to say. He's okay. black. All right, Smokey. Okay. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, we're just celebrating Black History Month. We're going to take a quick break, and we're coming back with Papa Didi and What's Poppin' on the uh, Pajama Party Show. And we will be right back. You're listening to the Pajama Party Late Night Adult Talk Show. We've added a new segment to the show called the Kiss It List. Every week, we put people on this list who have done dumb stuff or have been irritating or just gotten on out of your nerves. So we call them out and put them on the Kiss It List, and we tell you why. If you have somebody you want to add to our Kiss It List, hit us on Twitter at A Pajama Party and use hashtag Kiss It, and we'll add them to the list. If you prefer to email your contenders, send them to info at apajamaparty.com. We'll call them out every Friday night at the end of the show, so get those names in. Now, let's get back to the Pajama Party crew and more of the show. 
this DJ, would you mind turning it up a notch? Oh, how rude. Oh, you're on the kiss it list. Welcome back to the Pajama Party One Hills Papa Didi. I'm here with uh, Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. And sitting in Pacello tonight, we have uh, Mr. Lowe. I am Mr. Lowe, just in case you didn't know. And it's time for What's Poppin' with Papa Didi. So, uh, what's poppin', Papa? Mm, it's what's funny. Poppin'? It's funny that we went on Smokey Robinson like that because he was a big topic of conversation uh, this okay. week on uh, Poppy Was Mind concerning the J Lo performance uh, oh, yeah. at the Grammy Awards. And um, it goes in a lot of different directions. But the one thing I want to speak on is, is the brother uh, Joe Madison. You know, and, boy. You know, if you don't know Joe Madison, he has a talk show in the morning. I, think I like Joe. From six to ten. Hmm? Six to ten in the morning, uh, Monday to Friday on uh, Urban View, which okay. is on uh, Sirius okay. XM. Good. That's a little cheap plug for him. You're welcome, Here's my you, brother. Yeah. You're, you're good, welcome. Good, good, good. Maybe you get a pajama party a plug. Very good. Anyway. What what I didn't like about him, I listen to a lot when I get off work in the morning, um, and I, I I didn't like his show one morning where he was speaking on the residuals of Smokey Robinson. Oh. He wasn't giving people a break or the opportunity to speak their mind on how they felt about the performance, not so much the performance or the choice of um, J-Lo, her performance, and everybody. Yeah. Everybody got on there. Joe just kind of went on a defensive of, like, just shooting them down, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess he must be, apparently must be a friend of Smokey Robinson's. Must have had dinner at his house last week. This is how much he was jockeying the brother, okay, which cool. is cool. If that's your boy, that's your boy. Ain't nobody knocking that. But if your show has an opinionated situation, your show is not a, a, a communist where you are the, the Jim Crow leader and everybody got to do what you say and roll over when you say roll over. And I'm not picking on you per se, my brother. But all I'm saying is the fact that many people call your show in the morning, and first thing you should be thankful is for the audience that you have achieved. It's almost like a barber having uh, clients, where if he's a barber that that's good, he can go to another barber shop, and the clients will follow him. So if you have developed a show where every morning you get there at 6 in the morning and you cut your thing on and there's people waiting to talk on your show, that's a privilege to know you have built an audience. But when your audience comes on there and you have a particular subject where you're being completely biased toward a situation, I mean, you were like not letting up on this Smokey Robinson thing. Every time somebody says something about him, listen to your show, brother. Replay that show when people were speaking on how they felt about J-Lo. You just kept constantly knocking people down. I was going to call myself, but I said, nah, I want to keep my blood pressure where it is. You know, <laughs> but you just kept throwing people under the bus on, ah, uh, well, he did it, he did it. What people, and if I would have called in, all I was trying to say is that, first of all, first and foremost, in my opinion, I don't think that Motown, and I think Joe was also saying he's from Detroit. Well, hell, I'm from Philly, but that doesn't make me the authority on Philadelphia International Records. And just because you're from Detroit don't make you the authority on Motown. Okay, and I'm not picking on you, my brother, but all I'm saying is the fact that, you know, you should let people call your show and have their opinion. Just say, yeah, okay, cool, yada, yada. But you were literally telling people that they're wrong. Ah, nah, Smokey didn't do that. Nah, nah, nah. And nobody was picking on Smokey. They were picking on what J-Lo was projecting 
first of all, when I think of Mary Wells and um, different people from Motown, the Supremes, all I've always seen was bouffant hair and, and, and long gowns and, and looking like ladies and projecting an image that was pleasurable. But to see J-Lo out there in what was like a, a, a sequence bathing suit throwing a crotch in the air and shaking her ass like that, that was some modern-day bullshit. That wasn't no Motown shit. You know, and maybe Smokey picked her because she was ready with a show, or maybe she didn't charge anything, or maybe her rate was low, or maybe they was in talks with her a while back. But J Lo turned that into a typical Spanish bravado thing that she does with her own Spanish thing, or dancing with the whatever. What's that show she got? You think you can dance? Yeah, or, it's one of the dances. Yeah, the dance. You know, she turned yeah. that right into World of Dance. World of Dance, and then you had your boy on there, uh, Neo. Is that his name? Yeah, Neo. Right, Neo and J-Lo and all them jokers who worked together, contractually together, all of them brought they brought they shit. They brought what they deemed their particular modern 2019 show to what was supposed to have been deemed a Motown show. And all the glitter and glamour, in my opinion, was a little over top when it came to the skin being shown and the crotches being open and all the, the flamboyancy of the shaking the ass and all that stuff. When I think you should have took it down a little bit and took Motown, Motown is old school, man. Motown is the Temptations, and it goes back to, it goes into everything. You know, Marvin Gaye, David Ruffin, it, it just goes, I mean, I'm just naming the popular people, but Motown was deep. It was deep, deep, deep. You know, Michael Jackson and people like that, that, that made it, if you look back at Motown 25, Michael Jackson doing the moonwalk and things like that, entertain people. So they could talk about it the next morning. But if your show is going to bring, not the, the Joe Madison show, but if your your segment of that Motown review is going to bring controversy the next day, then something went wrong. Uh. Something went wrong. We should have been bragging about the moonwalk or bragging the way that Michael Jackson got on his knees and was singing Man in the Mirror and stuff like that. We should be talking about it and bragging about it. But if there's some controversy about it, then something went the fuck wrong. So all I'm saying to you, Mr. Madison, I call you Mr. because I listen to you on a daily basis when I leave my job. I appreciate the inspiration that you bring me, the blackness that you show me. I'm 59 years old, so I don't need really to be shown blackness, but I appreciate you reiterating it and keeping it in perspective. But all I'm saying to you, my brother, is that morning you were not objective. You were just so pro, pro-Smokey and pro-J-Lo J-Lo didn't get it right, and it's not about J-Lo. It's the routine that J-Lo put down. I'm a big fan of J-Lo. I actually think J-Lo is a better actor than she is a performer. I love her movies, you know, Celine and all the movies she did. Mm-hmm. And the pay, I love her movies, you know. But but like I said, Joe, you were just a little too strong on people, and you, you kicked your audience in the teeth that morning. And you need to listen to your own podcast and see just how brutal you was, man. You know, you're a good brother. You got a good show. You got a good thing going on. You're part of our black history, my brother. But let the people be free. Let them be who they are. Let them speak their mind. They're calling you because they want to, not because they have to. That's all I got to say on that. All right, then. Yeah, he, I, I think I heard a few minutes of that show. I picked it up I in the evening. I didn't, to, I didn't get to hear it. But. Well, they replay the morning show like later on in the night, and I caught it that later on that night. I heard that show, and he was like hanging up on people when they would call and say, "Well, you know, first of all, I don't think J Lo is a singer," and and before they could say anything else, he was like, "Okay, stop right there. 
J-Lo is a singer. Smokey said he didn't have a problem with it, so I'm not trying to hear that. Uh, he was yeah, hanging up yeah, on folks. Yeah, yeah. You right, Papa. It could, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was shutting them down. Shutting them down. And they, they knew it. It ain't just me saying that. I'm just being the voice for the people at this point. But they yeah. knew it. That morning, they were like. Oh, he was shutting them down. Anyway, but all right, we're gonna let's move, move on. on. That and... was just a, a moment in time. We're gonna move on. Yeah, we gonna Joe, move we still on. love you, brother. Keep doing your thing. You yes. know, we love so we're you. We doing Joe. ours, and we all in this together. Call me, Joe. Anyway, uh, all we right, we're gonna move on to the uh, weird news. We're gonna lighten it up to the weird news. Uh, what you got? Oh, am I up first? Yes, you are. How do I get to be up first? Okay, well, let me see. Um, I have. Oh man, this is crazy. A new Tinder-like app helps farmers match livestock for love. This is coming out of Petersfield, England. A new Tinder-inspired app is helping farmers match up potential partners for their cattle. It's called Tutter, like the udder for the cow. Instead of Tinder, it's called Tutter. It's a mix of a dating app like Tinder and an udder. lets farmers swipe right for cattle that they want to Take a look, uh, a look, uh, take a look at, and then they get directed to a page called "Sell My Livestock," where they can browse more pictures of the animals before deciding whether to buy. Valuable information is available on matters like the milk yield of the cow, and the protein content, and their calving potential. So, like that's talking about like how many babies have they had or potential. This is kind of crazy and kind of freaky. And they're saying that uh, matching livestock online is easier than it is to match humans because you have all this data behind all these animals and what their offspring will be. It was launched just in time for Valentine's Day, and the makers believe that Tutter is the first ever matchmaking app for livestock. Uh, They're saying that... uh, Despite the rest of the world's view on farming, it's actually very technologically driven, talking about farming. So they're saying, you know, most people think of farming as being out in the grass and in the hay and, you know, very manual. But they're saying farming has become very technologically driven. So that's it. they got this app called Tutter where you can look at the cows and if you see one that you think you want to mate with your bull that you have, you swipe right for that one and get more details, and you might decide, yeah, I want to buy that cow. I think I can hook her up with the bull that I got, and they can make some babies that make me some money. It sounds like some freaky cow pimping stuff going on, but what do I know? I'm not a farmer. Anyhow, what else do we have in the weird news? I'm going to you, Mr. Love. Well, I'm glad that you uh, ping-ponged. That ball over to my paddle. And uh, I'll take it from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weird news that I have, and this is kind of weird. I've been looking over this and trying to kind of understand it. And <laughs> Good this, luck. This is It's this, weird news for a reason. Yeah, it's just some weird news, guys. So open up your, open up your ears, but also uh, loosen up the eyes, I guess. <laughs> uh, there was a man, and, you know, uh First of all, this ends with somebody pleading guilty. You know, when you think of things like that, when you're pleading guilty, oh, he's done a crime, and not only did he do a crime, but the crime must have been, okay, uh, he got caught 
uh, whatever the crime that you can think of right now that you're thinking of, you're probably thinking of, oh, he did whatever crime you're thinking of. He didn't do that crime. This is no. This isn't that one. This isn't that one. He got caught and pleaded guilty to dumping a tuna. A tuna. A tuna. That's a fish. That's a fish. He dumped the fish in the woods. That's what he did. This wasn't a. This wasn't. This wasn't some. This wasn't some regular tuna. This wasn't. This wasn't some tuna that you put on your crackers. This wasn't some tuna that you get out of a can. This was a 400-pound carcass. What? Of tuna. What you talking about, in the wood. 400-pound tuna fish. You know, uh, it was out of season that it, when he caught it, and it was headless. So Wait not only minute. was it 400 Where did the head go? I don't know where the head went. I don't know if he ate the head. Oh, I don't know if he sold the head. I don't know if he has the head as his, Ooh. his, uh, uh, when you go to the house and you, you come into the house, he takes you in the dining room and he says, look, this is the head of a 400 pound tuna. Insane. All I know is that the head is gone. The head is gone, but the body. This is a 400-pound tuna fish. That's a lot of tuna. That's a lot of tuna. I, how many, hey, you know how many, uh, what's the, uh, you know how many townhouse crackers you have to have to eat that much tuna? Do you know how many sandwiches and white bread and wheat bread that you have to have to create tuna sandwiches? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? 400 pounds. And this guy dumped it off in the woods like nobody was going to notice it. Ah, yes. Hey, 400 pounds of tuna, eh, who's going to miss it, right? right. Who's going to even discover this? He just dumped it off in the woods like it was, uh, like, yeah. I don't even know the right analogy to use because this, this is absolutely unbelievable. It's bizarre. That's why it's the weird news. This is the weird news. So anyway, what know, happened? Uh, but, uh, you know, he's now on probation. He's on probation. Uh, he pleaded guilty. He pleaded guilty to dumping this, uh, what they call waste or uh, and everything like that, the body, 400 pounds. He's on probation after pleading guilty to the charges. And... um. They call it improper disposal of waste and driving after license suspension. He had a he suspended was, license. I don't hey, you know, things happen. You wow. know. Things happen. You know, uh hey, when you when you gotta dump a tuna, sometimes your license comes secondary. <laughs> you know, uh and he was sentenced he was sentenced oh, boy. To, to a year of probation. And he was ordered to pay a one thousand dollar fine. And you know, during the hearing, during the hearing, uh, the well, his name was Harold Wentworth, you know, of, of Gloucester. Mm. But uh, his attorney had disclosed that, you know, they had already the the federal fisher, fisheries regulators, they had already fined fined him fifteen thousand dollars. 
15,000? 15,000. I mean, the, the, they say that this tuna that he dumped, the headless tuna, I don't know if he chopped it off himself or not. I mean, I don't know what you're into, but, you know, maybe, 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 uh, uh, how ironic to use a steak knife on a tuna, right? But, okay. You know, but, yeah, they, they said the tuna was worth an estimated $10,000. You know, he was found in the woods uh, in Gloucester in October 2017. Uh, in order to remove this tuna, it took a tow truck. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't a three-man job. This, was, this wasn't a six-man job. Let's bring, let's bring the trucks in. Let's bring the trucks in and let's do what we got to do. And, uh... Well, took okay, out, that's a lot of tunes. You know, so at the end of the day, that's what that, that's the weird news that I got for you. So, all right, gonna go to you, Papa. What's your weird news story for the night? This is a um, cockroach is named after Exus. Ah. Oh God. They're going to be fed to Texas zoo animals. Oh come I'm on. Past, I'm past the Texas, not the Valentine spirit, and the Texas zoo has a cocktail. I mean, has a cockroach. That can help. Excuse me. You know what cockroach is. Cockroach is about maybe three inches of a. Uh, it's just a big ass roach is what it is. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, do they eat tuna or? No. <laughs> I think they want that too. The El Paso. I, I got four hundred pounds of it. The El Paso <laughs> Zoo is running. Running promotions called uh, "Quit Bugging Me." That allows people to name cockroaches after ex-spouses, former boyfriends, uh. former girlfriends, anyone else on the note list so on uh, Thursday. The cockroaches will be fed to uh, various zoo animals. What animals? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. There's some sick stuff. So you go to the zoo, you go to the zoo and um, you go area, an area where the zookeepers are feeding the animals and you have the, the right and the opportunity to name the cockroach after uh, one of your exes and they'll... Name it and feed it to one of the animals. <laughs> anyway, the zoo's uh, That's so wild. <laughs> the zoo's Facebook page features dozen dozen of pink-hearted uh, graphics showing black cockroaches and various brown cockroaches with first names and initials of uh, people that people deem as their exes. Oh my god! Zoo officials said the response has been overwhelming. <laughs> And they had to cut off the submission list. Oh, they ran out of they ran out of cockroaches, but they ran out of names. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> they said they had attendance was overwhelming that day, and they just uh, they had a great oh, day, and everybody just found it to be funny, and uh, you know, everybody, oh, everybody from the hood, but they mm. but they jaws. They said, look, I. I got all the cockroaches that I need, and what so, they really did was they went to the zoo. The zoo put the flies out, and they said, "Hey, as many you, I give you a dollar oh my per gosh. roach. I give you a dollar per roach. Just name your exes, and we will put them on the roaches. We're gonna feed them to the animals. We're gonna feed the animals. And then every so what animal eats cockroaches? They about have the different ones that they eat. It's not about the animals. It's about the exes. The exes are looking at it like, I want to see my ex's name on a cockroach, and I want to see it devoured. <laughs> That's what I want to see. And if you're telling me you're going to pay me to bring cockroaches in, I'm going to snatch every last goddamn one of them. Oh, man. I would have paid to see that. 
Uh, All right, we're going to shift gears. That's crazy. That was the weird news, and that's why we call it the weird news. Um, I'm just saying, tonight, I want to go back to black history. And tonight, my topic is black history is American history. The way that America approaches Black History Month is extremely limiting. In many of our schools, organizations, and workplaces and beyond, Black History Month is watered down to the same whitewashed stories of select civil rights figures and a handful of picture-perfect moments in history. But I'm just saying, black history is American history. Our history and culture are consistently depicted as one-dimensional, but black people are much more than that, okay? Carter G. Woodson did not create National History Week in 1926, which later became Black History Month 40 years later, for our stories to be watered down and fictionalized in a version that's approved for school textbooks and tolerated for 28 days every year. Yet, year after year, we see Rosa Parks described as a passive instead of a longtime freedom fighter. We see the accomplishments of figures like Edmonia Lewis and Bayard Rustin and Sojourner Truth go overlooked. We see folks view our timeline as starting at slavery, but that's not where our story began. Maybe in America, but we have a long, rich, royal history that is not taught widely in our schools. And by the time March 1st rolls around, we see folks forget all over again that Black history is part of America. But we are America, too, because, like I said, black history is American history. America would not have half of the successes, liberties, and infrastructure it has today if it had not been for the backs of black people upon which this country was built. Exclusion is the main objective of racism, and it has succeeded when it comes to documenting and celebrating our history and including it in American history. And because our history is American history, erasing the contributions of black Americans makes it impossible to accurately tell the story of this country. Our history is filled with powerful, beautiful, resilient, joyous, and unique stories that should never be overlooked or watered down for the comfort of the masses. We should be celebrated along with everybody else who has contributed to make this country what it is, no matter what their bloodline. We are seldom given proper credit or praise for how our rich history and culture have not only influenced but also helped construct the basis for what we view as progress, progress today. You have to do some real research to find out about some of the accomplishments of black people in America, and that is the problem. If the rest of America won't tell the truth, then we must. Look beyond the usual celebrants of Black History Month and find the people that you have not heard about before and share that information. Instead of tweeting and sharing stories of negativity or cats and dogs doing crazy stuff and funny stuff, share this information on social media when you find out about folks in black history that folks may not know about. So that's all I got. This is Red Wine, and I'm just saying, black history is American history, and it shouldn't be separated like it's something separate or extra. 
Black history is American history. Say it like a true queen. Say it like a I'm just saying, you know, people keep trying to separate it like it's something extra or something. They know we got to do this set aside thing. It's all one and the same. And they, they 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 make it they make it as if oh we have to we see we have to say it in a, they they make it say it in a certain way where it's like okay I need you to understand that this is separate from from the to from the totality of it meaning that there is no American history without Black history. Exactly, it's America was same. built on on Black on history. Black people, you know, like black people, well, how do you, people, red people. How it's you all history. However you want to cut it, slice it, and dice it. Whether you want to talk about the good or the bad, it's either on the back of you know, slaves and everything like that. It's all built on Black history. And of course, you know, white history is involved as well, but you can't you can't think that. But see, we shouldn't even be separating it. History yeah. is history. Yeah, I, I, I don't like American. how you separate oh, they got a, you got American history and then you say you got black history. Black history is is, is American, American history. history. Exactly. Yeah, okay, so you, you feel me. We here. Oh uh, yeah, I'm all the way. All right. Well we're gonna shift over to Papa Didi and Living for the City. Uh, what's going on tonight, you Papa? Your name for him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got this little stuffed animal sitting on the table with yeah. these big eyes. Gave it to the grandbaby. He didn't like it. Yeah, he came. He came. He walked over. He stepped over. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a little scary. Black history mm-hmm. is coming. Everything. It's all good. Let's anyway, talk about living for the city. Push personal here. Anyway, <laughs> what, uh, what's going on? Uh, living for the city. I tell you what. Let's uh. Let's just uh, stay on that premise of what we were saying earlier about the J Lo thing, but we're not gonna we're not gonna beat that dead horse. Okay, that's a overdone deal. But let's figure out what's going on with things. Where are people now? Where, where's everybody at? You know, people are saying, well, what, what was the solution? We can't just keep hashing over the problem. Let's talk about the solution. Where were people as far as people to perform at that particular at that particular affair? Now you had um, the young lady. Uh, what is her name? The, uh, I forget her name, but she's the uh, she was singing with uh, Fantasia. Oh, uh, the other, not the Jennifer other Hudson. Uh, no, no, no. At, at the show that night. Oh, there were three ladies. Uh, excuse me for not. Uh, yeah, yeah, Yolanda Adams and the other young lady. Yeah, Yolanda Adams. You had um, Fantasia and the other young lady. I forget her name. Anyway, those three they were doing a segment on something different. You know, they were doing it. Other things, but where is everybody at as far as people that, that maybe Smokey Robinson could have used instead of J Lo? You know, um, you got uh, Jennifer Hudson. Now Jennifer Hudson's in another phase. I mean, you know, God bless her, but I don't recognize her anymore. You know, I mean, I guess she's who she is. When she got on that uh, Weight Watchers thing, I guess they promised her a bunch of money to keep her weight down. I think she changed her weight and her attitude for that matter. But now I'm not we're not yeah. talking about her bashing her, don't yeah. get me wrong. Let's not we ain't going there. But I'm saying she's a great singer. But now, yeah. like I was saying with, with Carlton and doing your thing with your dancing, she's doing exactly what I was talking about. Jennifer Hudson don't sing unless she getting paid. And she only does small yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, and yeah. she gets big money to do small stuff. That's okay, instead of doing a bunch of crap out there, you mm-hmm. know. You know, like I said, where are the people that could have stepped in instead of J-Lo? Where, where is everybody? Who was actually ready to do that, you know? And we look and see who's doing what, you know? Like, where is Janet Jackson at? Or where is this person at? 
maybe maybe Smokey couldn't find people to step in in that particular role. Maybe everybody was just preoccupied with their own particular thing or their own thing going on, and they they just didn't have the time to get slotted into that particular show or what have you. Or maybe they're talking to who they want to talk to. Well, maybe, like I said, with J-Lo and Neo doing their thing, and they ain't nothing but money whores anyway, and they're all out there. You know, the same thing it gets me, too, even with the Grammys. I'm not jumping around. But it's like, it, it seems like, and I guess this is with anything else, it seems like the only people that's at the Grammys is the people that are the hottest people at that particular time, you know, and that becomes bullshit, in my opinion, because who's who's hot? You know, you got people that you don't even know their names, you know, they got the girl... What's her name? Her or whatever. Oh yeah, her. Yeah, her and everybody say, oh yeah, her. But I don't know her like that. I you know, know and I listen to music all the time. So therefore, if if people ain't gotten to my membrane, then they they I don't know you know where they are. You know, and just give me good music that I can you know kind of strap on, and not do popularity because you got a name that sounds unique. But, you know, like I said, I'm not knocking nobody, but when you have a Grammy, they got the normal, and I think out of everything, you know, out of everybody that was on there and everybody did their thing, my girl, Alicia Keys, stole the damn show. Mm. You know, when she yeah. sat down with them I two, when she sat down oh. with them two pianos, shit, that, 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 that fucked everybody up. They were done. What's going to show you, like I said, you could bring all these people in here, Cardi B, all these new jokers that think that they're riding high and they're the number one people, but you got Lisa Keys, who was just a low-key kind of host, mm. and she got a little five-minute segment on the show mm. and took the whole show. Took it over. Took it over. Okay. Just like anybody else. Okay. Stevie Wonder, if you brought him in, oh. if you if you would have brought in uh, your uh, boy, what's your boy's name? Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars oh, would have yeah. took it over. So what all got I, a new song I'm saying all that to say that you got to stop having a show. You got to have stop having a show that has the usual suspects or the top people that's selling stuff because just like the Oscars, just like the Oscars, I'm sure everybody will agree. Half the time, the movies that win the, the Oscar, you ain't never even seen the goddamn movie. Okay? Yeah, How many people it. see a, a, a show that won, a movie that, that won six bad. Oscars, yeah. and you ain't even seen it? Now, like, if you qualify to win an Oscar, hell, shouldn't half the people in the world have saw your work? Yeah. You know? I mean, I hope they gave an Oscar to Forrest Gump or, or, or Oscar to, um, you know, uh, Titanic. Movies that people have seen, yeah, people that yeah. people know. But no, they got the, the piano or the... The La Cala Tapista. Oh, the great movie out of France. The movie out of France that won six Oscars last night. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And, and I ain't never seen a damn movie, no. okay? And the same, like I said, with the Grammys. You got people up there that people know or people that may listen to some underground or eccentric music, and this person's popular on that, or you know, she got nine pounds of hair. I ain't gonna say no names. And, you know, and they're looking at her because of the image they're projecting or what have you. But, you know, it's like, wait a minute. Well, what have they done for mainstream? Yeah, yeah. What have they done for people 45 and older? Yeah. Okay, even though you satisfy the people in their 20s and their 30s, but what have you done for the 45 and older crowd that, that's buying music for the for the teenagers, if that's their parents or what have you? you you just satisfying the children, or you care about the people who's buying the music for the damn children? I don't, I don't understand where... These Grammys are solidified with just, you say, oh, starting on the Grammys is nine people. And I'm like, wow, you know, like, I don't even know these people. And it reminds me back in the day, you know, like when I was doing some military service, you know, I was out at sea and I had a subscription to Jet Magazine. And I could tell how long I've been out at sea because the top 10 music in the back of the book, after a while, I didn't know those songs anymore. 
You know, it's like, you know, remember Jet had the lineup of all the top songs and you read the back of the book and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know all these songs. You was hip when you knew every top song in the back of the Jet magazine. But then all of a sudden, as I went further and further out to sea and I was away from America longer and longer, I would get my Jet magazine. I'm like, God damn, I only know two songs on this list. Which means I need to bring my ass back to America and get re re you know reinstated. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and but now the Grammys give you that every year. You get people in here that you don't even know, and they going up on stage winning winning Grammys. Like, yeah, well, who the fuck are like, you? Know who, who are you? Are. I mean, what, what station are you being played what on? You, what do you do? What do you do? Who what are do you? you? And I'm not saying that to disrespect the people at all. Maybe I'm the old fashioned fart that maybe needs to get back in the game stronger. No. But all I'm saying is that if you are a person who's kicking it out strong enough to win a Grammy, then damn it, people need to know who you are. Not just the fact that the the, the Grammy people know or the, the, the recording artist people know. Yeah, Everybody yeah. needs to know you if you win a Grammy. Yeah, that's a big a deal. Yeah, that's a, that is a, that's big, a big deal. deal. So anyway, I'm going to leave it there. All the people that won the Grammy, you know, congratulations to you, but if you won it just because you're popular with the internet, then please. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Okay. All right, well, let's go out to the West Coast, to Hollywood, and get the wrap-up with Mr. Lowe. Mr. Lowe, you got the Hollywood wrap-up for us? Oh, I don't know if I got the wrap-up, but I did want to, uh, before we do the wrap-up, let's uh, first, before we, we finish everything, we need to uh, address the drink, of the, the drink of the night. Oh, okay. And the drink of the night, because of the uh, Black History Month and everything like that, uh, we have a, a specific Martini. It's called the Black Martini. Oh, okay. It's called the Black Martini, and I want you guys to uh, enjoy this here. It's something that I think that you can indulge in. You can really have uh, some, 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 some enjoyment from this martini. Uh, it's great for you know Black History Month is here, uh, and it's good for any occasion. You know when it's easy, it's uh, it's a dark drink. And it's in order. It's ready for you to get. It's ready for you to go. Uh, I'll tell you the recipe. The other recipes for a black martini that are out there, but the one that I'm going to give you now is a little more, uh, you know, yeah, it's more and more complement to the vodka raspberry mix. And oh, this one. You know, nice. this is this is this is one of the ones that we we prefer. You know, uh, there's another way to get a black martini that would be uh, that would be to make a vodka martini with Blavon. Uh, dark color vodka if you can find it but sometimes you can't always get that stuff so let's just go with the stuff that I know that you can make it with now, the ones that we like the ingredients that come with two ounces vodka of course of your choice uh, one ounce of blue carousel uh, a half ounce of black raspberry liqueur the garnish for that is to be a lemon twist and it's a martini so oh, yeah. get yourself a nice sexy glass with the rim on there <laughs> You know, uh, put the the lemon twist on the side oh, as a yeah. garnish oh, yeah. and everything like that. You can chop up oh, the lemon. Yeah. You can make it into a circle of lemon. You can oh, make yeah. it into just the uh, chop it up the original style, however you want to put that, uh, you know. But directions to make it is you have to pour the ingredients into a cocktail, shake it with ice. Please shake it well. Yeah. Please shake it well. Strain it into a chilled cocktail glass. That's it. Take it up. Now garnish it with a lemon twist of your choice. Like I say, slice it, dice it, price it. You know, however you want it to. Oh yes. And once you once you do that, you can now either serve it and enjoy, 
or you can make it and enjoy Ooh. yourself. Uh, so these, these these are the things you can do. You know? And that's called what now? This is the black martini. Oh, yeah. This for the ones, for the gin drinkers, it can be made with gin. You know, all you do is you simply swap in three ounces of your favorite gin in place of the black raspberry liqueur or blackberry brandy and leave out the blue carousel. That's the only way to make it, uh, you know, uh, it's a different way to make it, a double variation for it. Well, either way, it sounds delicious. You know, this is the Black Martin. It's a Black History Month, so we gotta sit here and represent. Ay, 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 ay. Oh, uh, that's that's it for the drink, though, guys. You know, a uh, Black Martin. Go ahead and serve it up, sip it up, and let that be that. All right. Well, let's uh, let's see. Hollywood news. What you got for Hollywood? Let's go to the West Coast. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. We're going to Hollywood. Um, uh-oh. What we got here? All kind of stuff happening. Yeah. In the entertainment industry. I want to, guys. Okay, listen up. Attention. For all the fans of Fox, the, the Mad Singer, the alien was voted off this week. And some were shocked to find this out who was behind the alien match. Spoiler alert! Uh-oh. I wish I had something that can give me the spoiler alert type of... Because uh, I put that out there and I wanted to somebody to give me that. Uh, but that comes later. Uh, we'll Bong! Bong! Yeah, I, I, like, I like sound effects. I like sound effects. But Bong! Check this out. It was 62-year-old Latoya Jackson... Of the famed Jackson family that leaves the lion, rabbit, bee, peacock, and monster still singing behind the mask. Mr. Cole! You guys remember Mr. Cole? Take it fast. Huh? Watch out. Yeah. Look at that. What's Mr. Cole doing? A Louisiana rapper who has been in custody for nearly a year and a half on a rape charge. He's been released on a $3 million bond. Now look, his real name is Michael Tyler. He was free Wednesday from Shreveport Area Correctional Complex. Local news outlets report, and he surrendered in August of 2017 when he learned that there was a warrant out for his arrest. He was accused of sexual assault uh, at a casino in Shreveport in, in 2016, and he was indicted on charges of first-degree rape and second-degree kidnapping. Mystical was best known for his 2000 hit, Shake It Fast. Watch yourself. Huh? All right, she, she got the second. Show me what you're working with. It definitely peaked, and it was one of the most one of the most known songs. And it peaked at number 13 on the Billboard as far as the Hot, uh, hot 100. Uh, so uh, hopefully, you know, Best to him, you know. We'll see what happens with that, with that case and all that. We're waiting on what happens and everything like that. Uh, okay. Now, another thing, culturally impactful, the Black Panther the movie. Everybody has seen it. It earned multiple nominations across all kind of categories for the 2019 uh, NAACP Image Awards. Uh, it was a record-breaking Marvel film. It racked up 14 nominations in film and music. You know, uh, Black Panther. It included categories of 
uh, the outstanding motion picture, outstanding cast in a motion picture, and outstanding soundtrack slash compilation. Uh, the Civil Rights Organization revealed the nominations on Wednesday at a television critics association and TV one joint press conference. Black Panther, which is widely praised for its celebration of black culture and the African, uh, pretty much the persona and uh, diaspora. You know, uh, it also made waves in television and literary categories. So, I mean, Black Panther, it broke so many records. It did so many things. Uh, it, it was it was out. Not only was it outstanding, but it it, it was it was it was so impactful in the way that it came and it, it broke so many different records and it was unbelievable in the way that uh, it was accepted and uh, some people who didn't like it as far as like you know they 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 hated they it. Oh, uh, they they, they well, well, the, the way, like as far as the people who didn't want it to, to succeed. They hated how successful it actually was. Hater. I mean, you know, being black, I mean, you know, we'll get to that, but, you know. All right. On another note, uh, Nickelodeon, look at that. I watched Nickelodeon back in the day. Check that out. Everybody used to like Nickelodeon. They had yeah. a couple things going on. Uh, they planned it. They, they planned to revive their popular sketch comedy series, all that. All that, do you? I remember that show. Kenan and Kel, that was. Yes, Kenan and Kel. All that with Kenan and Kel. They're that, bringing that back. I think they're trying to bring it back. All right now. This was back in the '90s. Now, of course, for you old timers, you know, uh, I know you probably have seen it, but for the ones, uh, anybody that was born in either the late '80s or maybe early '90s, and everything like that, or, or I'll say the, the '80s and early '90s. Everybody knew what all that was, you know. Yeah. They're trying to revive that that comedy series and Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live cast member Keenan, which was the uh, half of Keenan Kale. His whole name is Keenan Thompson, but he was a veteran of the original all that series, and he served as an ex, uh, executive producer for the new show, which will feature a new cast. So if you're thinking that it's going to be the same guys. It's probably not going to be the same guys, but some of the same guys are behind the scenes of the new guys. So stay tuned for that. Um, it might be a new show that's, that's coming soon. They're, they're, they're working on that. Uh, they celebrate the news by tweeting out that the uh, Variety Report on Thursday morning, all that, a variety and sketch comedy show, not unlike SNL, but with an... Adolescence cast originally premiered back in 1994, and they ran for That's 10 seasons. Be good. They ran for 10 seasons before going off the air in 2005. They went off the air in 2005, but uh, Thompson, which is uh, Keenan, I know I, when I call him Thompson, I want y'all to know that I'm talking about Keenan. Keenan, half of Keenan and Kale, uh, is the longest-running SNL cast member, and highly regarded by his colleagues there. You know, was one of the earliest cast members of all that. Alongside performers like Lori Beth Denberg, Josh Server, and Kel Mitchell. So, okay. uh, and Kel Mitchell, of course, was the other half of King and Kel. So, we got okay. a lot going on. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you, Mr. Love. Uh, we're going to move on with the kissing list. Uh, Papa Didi, can you tell everybody about what? What is exactly the kissing list? Because we're getting ready to break that down of everybody who's on the kissing list. So, what is the kissing list? Uh, Kissy List is uh, 
he's it's, it's, anybody showed their butt over the last uh, week or so. Don't put him on blast. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I got a couple of names. I got Trump at the top of the kiss it list for three different reasons. One being the uh, the census and that question about citizenship. The other one being the national emergency, and the third reason being about the uh, steel tariff waivers. I got the Wisconsin GOP Assembly for removing Colin Kaepernick from the uh, uh, the document that they were putting together, that recognition. Also, I have Joy Behar for that comment she did about Megan McCain calling, saying she was having a hissy fit. Yeah, that was crazy. Was um, I, didn't, I didn't get to see that. Yeah, that, that was, was crazy. crazy. It was crazy. Was it? So Joy Behar was in the wrong? She just, she just I just... think Joy was in the wrong. Okay. Uh, also, Bill Cosby, because his lawyer came out this week and made a statement saying, yeah, you know, Bill Cosby is saying that he has no remorse because he didn't do anything wrong. And I'm saying, I don't know whether all those women are telling the truth, but somebody's telling the truth. And for you to say, I have no remorse because I did nothing wrong, Something ain't right. One out of forty. So I'm. They're gonna, out of forty. I'm, I'm gonna put your boy Bill on the kissing well, list. Well, it's not about Bill. Bill's in jail. Okay, so therefore, yeah, but I'm not, still it's putting not him about on the even. List. You can't. Well, you can't pour tar on the brother when he's already. I'm down. putting him on the kissing list. All right. Well, see what and you also, want to say. Uh, And also, Roger Stone for calling Anna Navarro a little piglet. Now he just got a gag order this week. The judge told him, "Shut up. Uh, Stop talking." And then he gonna open his mouth and say Anna Navarro, who's on CNN. He gonna call and, her. Anna Navarro, well, they, they she pisses off a lot of people because she talks a lot she of. She talks the truth. She talks she a lot of truth. She her little pig. And, and she has an opinionated She has an opinionated form where her personality. But I'm saying, if you gonna disagree with somebody, disagree because of what they said. Uh, Roger Stone. Who, who's that, Roger? Stone? Roger Stone is the guy that just got a. Uh, uh, that was one of Trump's people. Yeah, Trump, uh, one of Trump's guys. You know. Uh, Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah, is yeah. there anybody else on the kiss? I thought it was a superstar when the fifth jokers ain't got. He's the one that had that tattoo of Nixon. On all these people got but five but years left to do their thing, and after that, they're gonna be old motherfuckers. Well, even it will all these guys get to oh, jail. Before y'all get into that, anybody else on the kissing list? No, that's just. Uh, all right, well, we got a special prize for everybody on the kissing list. Kiss Here it is. my entire My ass. You can Welcome back to the John Party. I'm one of your hosts, Papa Didi. I'm here with uh, Red Wine. I'm fly, darling. And Mr. Lowe. I am Mr. Lowe coming to you live, baby. Ain't no surprise. You're going to open right. up your eyes. And it's time for the last word. We're going to wrap it up and get out of here. This is it. What's your last word, right, My last word, I just want to um, give homage again to uh, Mama Z, who um, passed away a couple weeks ago. Her funeral was uh, last week, Saturday. Uh, my uh, lighter, right? It was the mother of uh, 
one of our hosts, Kettle. Um, a fantastic uh, home going and uh, so we'll miss you, Mama Z, because you were a strong black woman that uh, knew your thing and handled your business. And uh, what a woman she was. So, Mama Z, rest in peace, or rest yeah. in power. Yeah. yeah. All right. wow. Wow. This is Red Wine, and I just want to echo Papa Didi. I got my lighter up for Mama Z. Beautiful home going. We will miss you forever. And ever and ever again. Thank you for your love, your guidance, your wisdom. Um, that's all I can say. And all I can say, I'm just, you know, uh, what I want to say is that before we leave, and before we leave this earth and everything, I, I just want to change the, the tone of, of my generation and the generation below me because. I'm pretty much, I'm a lady's baby, so, you know, uh, we've had, we, we we brought up on respect, honor, integrity, and things of that nature. But for the younger generation, I just want you to understand the importance of, uh, of respecting your elders, learning your wisdom, you know, understanding the importance of, uh, of the, the path that they travel to get you where you are and the things that you didn't have to go through that they had to get through. And everything like that, and understand that, and, uh, and realize that this is a this is a big thing going on, guys. You know, uh, in this new generation, we we got a lot going on, and and this is a whole nother world, a whole nother life, and there's a lot a lot a lot, a lot more rules, and, and even though there's a lot more rules, there's no rules, you know, uh, as far as where the way things are things are going on right now. So, guys, respect the elders. Understand the history, understand the importance of the history, and be patient. You know, uh, you know, man, yeah, this this is big stuff, but you know, uh, I ain't gonna get too deep in it because I, I I had you all night. But, uh, all right, Mr. Love. Business low coming to you live. Well, this is the pajama party show. We just want to thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, we just want to thank our um, our sponsor, DC Homegrown Entertainment. You can check them out at dchomegrown.com. They pay our bills, keep the lights on. We appreciate them. Check out our sponsors, Radiance uh, Designs and Purple House Books. Check them out, Purple House Books, new book, uh, The Bling Bling Bird. Make sure you get a copy for the young folks in your life. And uh, we appreciate you all. Thank you for hanging out with us. We'll be back Friday night like we always do. Thanks for hanging out. And we're going to say goodnight. Say goodnight, Papa. Goodnight, everybody. Say goodnight, Mr. Love. Hello, dog. This, this is Red Wine saying goodnight. See you next week. Bonsoir. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bet you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of shit. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well... Good night. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show and good night.